like to welcome you to the Evanston Bible Fellowship podcast. Today we will continue through the book of Romans by looking at Romans 13, 8 through 14. What does it look like to keep on loving someone without an exit strategy? God's word is going to give us significant encouragement and points to his power to keep on loving others as he keeps on loving us. We are still going through the book of Romans. We will be finishing up over the next six weeks. If you want to go ahead and turn to Romans 13, verses 8 through 14. It's Romans 13, verses 8 through 14. I need this for myself today, big time. And just to let you know, you can get in on this too. I think this is going to be good for you too. I mean, like, I really need this. So I'm preaching to myself. I'm glad you're here for that event. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up. And I'm going to read Romans 13, 8 through 14. Here we go. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You should not commit adultery. You should not murder, you should not steal, you should not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of a law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. Salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed. The night is far gone, the day it is hand. So then let's cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual morality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You may be seated. What we see here is that love is ongoing. And more specifically, love is an ongoing payment. So the reality is you never get to a point with someone where you say, I have loved you this much, so much, and enough, and I owe you no more. No, love is an ongoing payment. No matter how hard it gets to love someone else, we are commanded by the Word of God to keep on loving them. One of my favorite books this past year is A Loving Life by Paul E. Miller. I'd recommend this book to to all of you. It's a very encouraging book. It's a very difficult book to read. But one of the things that he talks about in this book as he begins is that all of us, just about all of us, have a a love-hate relationship with love. We have a love-hate relationship with love. He once met with a guy who left his wife, and he left his wife because he couldn't stand her uh, demanding spirit and constant criticism. So what the guy said, he said, you know what? I left my wife because I'm really good at starting to love, but really bad at follow through. That sound familiar to you? Really good at starting to love, but really bad at follow through. Now, I played tennis in college, and one of the things they would always teach me, my variety of coaches, is that you need to follow through. You know, you, you get going and you got to follow through to make the right shot. 
And a lot of times in, in, in love, we can, get, we can start really good, and yet there is no follow-through. And that's why you have this love-hate relationship with love. And this love-hate relationship with love, it looks like this. I love the affection and the closeness and the connection I can get in love. But I don't like the hard stuff. I don't like how it's difficult to keep on loving. So a lot of us can start really good with the swing, right? And yet there's no follow-through. And the problem is in our culture, and maybe it's just a human thing, is a lot of us view love as a state. Uh, maybe you would say, I'm in love, or I have such love, and, and that's love. But what love actually is, love is more of a journey where you work out loving someone else and the difficulties and the messiness of life. And, and let me tell you, that part is, is hard. And that's why learning to love is a journey where you start and you keep on going no matter the difficulties. And I want you to think about God's love toward us. Where God has sent his son Jesus, he was on the cross showing us the full extent of his love where he says, it is finished. I've taken care of redeeming these sinners, right? And yet God's not like, well, I, I, I loved you enough on the cross. I'm done loving you. No, God has this continual follow-through where he keeps on loving us. In fact, a song that we, we often sing at, at our church is a song that says, your love never fails, it, it, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Remember that song? And on and on and on and on and on it goes. It's talking about God's love for us. And he has poured that love into each one of us who trusted him. And now, here's the deal. That's supposed to spill out of us and we are to imitate his love toward us to other people, which means love's just not a state, it's a journey. And so our love for other people is to be on and on and on and on as well. Not an easy topic. Like I said, when we finish chapter 11 of Romans, it would have been great if Romans would have just stopped the book with all the great doctrines, but 12 and on is a mess because we've got to live it out and love other people. And this is where it gets difficult. So let's do it. Let's see where we're at in our context of Romans chapter 13. Before we jump into verse 8, you need to know that last week we were here looking at this disposition that we are to have toward our government. Remember in Romans 13 verse 7, Paul says to pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And then he picks up the idea today in 13.8 where he says, Oh, knowing anything except to love each other. So he's returning to a topic that he started back in chapter 12. In chapter 12, verse 9, he says, Let love be genuine. He's picking up on that topic again today. And he says, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, this is not a detailed statement about paying off your debts, as it is a statement about its ongoing obligation to love. That you keep paying this debt of love to one another, and you'll keep paying it the rest of your life. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Paul Miller, in his book, A Loving Life, he describes uh, something uh, called love without an exit strategy. Love without an exit strategy. 
If you're really good at starting to love and yet you lack a follow-through, you need to embrace this love without an exit strategy. He, he explains this practically, and I'm about to explain it to you as well, and this is where it will get kind of painful, and, and I know some of you have in, will have some internal pushback to this because it's opposite of what you may be hearing in your, in, in your, your modern-day TV shows and movies or even your own thoughts. So you may, may not like this, but I want you to think with regard to your relationships, whether you're, your kids and you're trying to love your, your difficult parents or your parents and you're trying to love your difficult kids or your husbands and you're trying to love your difficult wives or wives, your husbands, or, or if you're, you're trying to love your difficult friends or roommates or siblings. So just get somebody in mind. I'm going to explain this, uh, what Miller says practically, and this is where it's going to get a little painful and you're, you're probably going to push back a little bit, but just, just take it and think about it. So here we go. It looks like this. This is practically what it means. When you're trying to love someone else, you, you bind yourself to them, the object of your love, and you start to love them no matter what their response. So if you start to love them and they snap at you, has anybody ever snapped at you when you try to love them? Well, the idea is they snap at you and you keep on loving them. And, and if you've had an argument and you feel like in your argument you were slighted, or you weren't heard, what, what, you don't retaliate. You, you don't do silent treatment. That's got to go. You don't start to avoid them. You, you keep pushing in and, and loving them. See, here's what we're getting at. Your response to the person you're trying to love should, this is really hard, should be totally independent of the way they are treating you. What I'm talking about here this morning, this ongoing debt of love, this kind of love is a stubborn love. It eliminates moodiness. Any moody people in here? No, no. It eliminates moodiness. It, it eliminates this touchiness. We're all so touchy in our culture. And it, it doesn't mean we don't have moments where we feel moody or we, we're kind of cranky or fragile. We don't share those things. But here's the deal. As we're trying to love other people, we are not letting our emotions affect the way that we treat them. And let's just be honest. The love I'm talking about this morning is unbalanced and it's uneven. And this kind of love is not fair. So if you want fair love, go somewhere else. Because we're talking about unbalanced, uneven, unfair love. And the Bible is saying, love like that. And if you remember, someone has loved you like that, right? Jesus has loved you, oh cranky one. Jesus has loved you, oh moody one. Yes. Jesus continues to press in and pursue you. And then Paul says, hey, oh no one anything except to love each other. The debt of love is ongoing. You keep making that payment. It's love without an exit strategy. And that kind of language is, I mean, it just kind of rubs you wrong. Love without an exit strategy. Go up to the person you're trying to love and say, I'm going to be here loving you and I am going nowhere. Love without an exit strategy. 
I need, I need to know that. You need to know that. And, and more specifically, that kind of love fulfills the law. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet. Any other commandment summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't do wrong to a neighbor. Love is the fulfilling of the law. So we show the law, we show love and we keep the law, and we keep the law by showing love. Love doesn't hurt your neighbor, doesn't commit adultery, doesn't covet what they have, doesn't steal from them, doesn't murder them, doesn't lash out in anger against them. The love we're talking about here is a fulfillment of the law. Now, let's be honest. This is hard. It's hard to love someone like this. Especially right now, if you've got somebody in your mind that's difficult to love, you know this is hard. And so I think you need a little bit of motivation. And so I'm going to try to motivate you to love like this. I'm going to try to um, encourage you to love like this. And the motivation is rooted in what the Word of God is showing us. Look what it shows us in verse 11, a little motivation. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So the motivation that we're trying to get at here is that when we start loving like this, we're kind of living in this new age that Christ has inaugurated. When Paul says the night is far gone, you are living in the night. That's the reality of this evil world and sin-soaked world. And when he talks about the day being near, that's talking about the return of Jesus Christ and bringing the fullness of salvation. And it's almost time for us to wake up. In fact, we need to be waking up because Jesus is almost here. The hour has come for you to wake from sleep because when you believed in Jesus to when he comes back, that gap is narrowing. It's nearer to us now than when you first put your faith in Christ. He's almost here. You need to keep loving because as you are loving, that is consistent with the age to come when you're in heaven. But it's also consistent with this rule and reign now. Now is the time to love before you die or Christ comes back. And so if you are alive, now is the time to love. <laughs> How is that motivation? How's it motivation for me to tell you, if you're alive, you better love before you die? Let me tell you why it's motivation. It's motivation for me, and it should be motivation for you, because you know what it tells me? It tells me that my struggle to love has a time limit. When we go to heaven, Lord Jesus, love is going to reign and rule, and of course love will last forever, and we'll keep on loving. But this... In this earth, we struggle and we fight to love. It's not easy. And I am being told by the Word of God that this struggle and this fight has an end. <laughs> no love will last forever. The, 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 the hardness of it has a time limit. And so I'm just going to put it in other words. Now is the time to love and be wounded. Now is the time to love and be wounded. That's so true. 
If you want to love, and you're all down with love, and everybody's down with love, and everybody loves bumper stickers of love, if you're down with love, and if you really want to do it, you will likely be wounded somewhere along the way. Someone is probably going to hurt you. But there's a time limit on it. Because in heaven, it's not going to be like that. But right now, now is the time to love and be wounded. So when you try to love someone, you are going to take a risk that something is going to go wrong. It's not going to be perfect. And you're probably going to be hurt. Now, I like a variety of authors, and there's some I don't share with you much because I don't want to be like a typical preacher, always sharing authors with you. And so I tried about every two to three years, space out C.S. Lewis quotes because preachers do that every week. And so finally, I have a C.S. Lewis quote for you. Here we go. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, there is no safe investment. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. It's the reality of living in this broken world that when you step out to love, it's probably going to hurt. And sometimes it can hurt for a long time. And I just want to encourage you that God sees that He knows the pain and the struggle and the suffering. But I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, the time is almost up. You will love for eternity, but the struggle is almost up. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Now is the time to struggle through love and be hurt. Now we're going to get really specific. In fact, we're going to get so specific, you're going to feel like someone has been uh, monitoring you privately and getting in your, uh, like a private eye. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to get in your business because we need to get really specific on what we mean. Okay, if I'm going to love somebody, what does that look like? If I'm really going to love someone and it's possible that it's going to hurt and yet I want to do that because God has done that for me, what does that look like? And, and basically, it's going to look like a life of holiness. When we think of holiness, we maybe you think of a holiness movement, I'm going to be holy. You may think of just, just things that have to do with your own private world. But what you find in the Bible is when you pursue a life of holiness, it includes other people. And so you cannot love other people unless you are pursuing holiness, and you cannot pursue holiness unless you are loving other people. They go together. Your holiness is not about just your private world. It branches out, and it loves other people. So we're going to see how the two are connected. Let's finish up this passage. Really good stuff. Look at verse 12. The night is far gone, day is at hand, so they let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual morality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. All right, so the night is almost over. The day is almost here of the Lord coming. 
And we are told that in, right now in the interim, we are to throw off sin associated with this world and we're to put on the armor of light. So we're going to put this battle gear on. And specifically, if you look at verse 14, we are called to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to explain this to you. Before you became a Christian, you were separated from God. God pursued you, right? And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. He was buried and he rose again. And on the cross, he took the Father's wrath for you in your place. Uh, in a time in your life, that you heard this gospel and invaded your heart and you repented of your sins and you put your faith in Jesus. Now, what we're told that when you put your faith in Jesus, you are justified. That means this. You are forgiven your sins and you are declared righteous. That means all the obedience of Jesus is now attributed to you, and all of your sin is attributed to him. So when the Father looks at you, he sees you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Okay, that's the reality. That is your standing before the Father. How do you know the Father loves you? Through faith in Jesus, who died, lived a perfect life in your place. Right? We know that, right? Clothed in Jesus. That is your position in Christ. That's the reality. And the Bible basically says in several different places, you are now to live out that reality in your practical everyday life. So if you are actually clothed in Christ in his eyes, now in practice, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he says there. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself in Christ. Live out your true identity in Christ. So the exhortation... Throw off, cast off the works of darkness and put the clothes on. Put the clothes on. Like you go around your daily business, put your clothes on. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and live a life of love and holiness. Now, the reason why this is connected with love is this. If you're having a hard time to love someone else right now, maybe there's someone that's difficult in your life, you're having a hard time to love them, you will not be able to love them in your own strength. And if you are trying to love someone that is difficult right now in your own power and strength, how is that going? Probably not very good, right? It's hard. It's impossible, right? But if you clothe yourself in Christ, then you have a, a, a renewed sense of power and ability to love someone that you didn't have in and of yourself. See, uh, Miller, the book I mentioned before or earlier, he, he says, look, if you are looking to the other person to give you energy to love them, you will not find it. If you're looking for someone else or circumstances to give you energy and reason and ability to love them, you're not going to find that, right? It's got to come from God. And so for me, one of the most difficult things to, about loving someone else is come to the point in my life where I say, it's impossible, I can't do it, I see no future of how I'm going to love them, but I go back to the Lord and say, okay, oh Lord, through prayer, God, please help me today right now to love this person i must think that clothing myself in christ has to do with prayer a big part is prayer this dependence upon god that if i am going to love them today god has got to help me love them today and when i wake up tomorrow i cannot coast off my prayer independence on the day before you ever try to do that well i had a really good time with the lord yesterday and I asked him to help me yesterday, that must carry over to today. No, it doesn't work like that. It's like you wake up in the morning and everything's blank. It's like, God, I need your help again to love this person again because they are going to be difficult again. 
It's this dependence and this connectedness. And my brothers and sisters, if you're not a fan of dependence, and if you're not a fan of loving someone else with the Lord's help, I guarantee you, I bet you the money that I do not have. But if I had money, I would bet you that you're going to make a mess of your life. I guarantee you, if you're trying to love a difficult person in your own strength and it is not working, you will make a mess of your life because you will react in sinful ways. And some of those sinful ways are laid out right before us. So what we're going to do, I, I, I don't know if any of you go to counseling, but we're about to have a little counseling session here. Okay? This is free. Uh, I'm going to say some hard stuff. But I'm going to look at a few of these things of the ways you might react when you don't get the response that you want in trying to love someone else. So we're going to look at some of these things that are mentioned here. Where uh, we are called, they were told these are things from the flesh that gratify the desires. All right, so let's go ahead and look at verse 13 again. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness. This is talking about drinking parties. Um, obviously, if you, if you drink a lot and get drunk, or you go, you're a bar hopper that gets drunk, then uh, you're, you're going to miss the loving life. Right? Wouldn't we agree that if you're drunk a lot, you're not going to love the way you should be loving? But I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is this. I bet there are some of you that when you try to love someone else, and they don't respond the way you want them to, my guess is that some of you are drinking more than you should be drinking. That's just my guess. Is that you? Have you been drinking a little too much these days? I mean, you're not, you know, you're not out going bars. You're not clubbing. You're just, you know, you're at home. Things aren't going well in your relationships. You're just drinking too much. Maybe, maybe that's your thing. I mean, some people have food that's their thing, but maybe your thing is you're, you're just drinking too much. And, I'm just, and the reason why I'm bringing this up to you is like you don't have to keep doing that. What you can do is say, you know what? It's really hard to love this person. And I can't do it. But I'm going to quit doing this, this drinking thing, because that's not helping me at all. And so you, you throw that off. You say, God, help me to love that person. And if they don't respond right, the next time they don't respond right, instead of drinking, I'm just going to keep going back to you. Well, look at another area that's on here. Keep going. Look at me. Look at verse 13 again. He says, not in sexual morality and sensuality. Now, I'm going I'm to address singles real quick. You know, you think about singles. You, you, you always make the assumption that all the singles are just immoral. <laughs> all you singles, you're so sexually immoral. I'm not going to make that assumption. Because, you know, if you're single, you may be sexually immoral. But if you're sexually immoral, you're not going to be loving someone. I mean, you're, gonna, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to be loving someone. So let me just make the assumption for a little bit that we have a lot of single men and women here who are living holy lives and purity. And this is what can happen. So a single person could say, you know what? I'm holy, I'm pure, I'm not messing around. 
So I want to get married one day. Maybe some single, you want to get married. So I'm, I'm, I'm just want to, I'm going to get married one day. So you, you find a spouse. You're like, man, God is just bringing us together. It's going to be so awesome. I've, I've been walking in purity. Now I'm finally getting married. My life's getting on track. And, and you get married and your expectations are like blown apart. You're like, wait, wait. I stayed pure. I married this monster. And now what, what do I got to show for it? And, and I think if you're not careful... When you marry someone and it's not going the way you want, the temptation is going to be to have an emotional affair of some sorts or to turn to pornography that you've never turned to before because you're trying to love someone. You're not getting the right response, and so you're going another direction and trying to meet your needs somewhere else. How is that going for you? Do you like your life? I mean, really, I understand your marriage may be a mess, but do you want to complicate it by adding this secret life over it? Do you really want to do that? Let's just deal with one mess at a time, yes? Let's not have two messes. So when you feel like things aren't going so well and loving this other person, rather than turning to morality or your secret fantasy world, say, you know what, no, God, I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to go to you. And I'm going to say, God, help me to continue to love this person because I'm not going to go there anymore. And you can stop that other world today. Doesn't mean your marriage gets fixed, but you've got to stop going there. Lord, help me to love them. Help me to love them. And my outlet will be you, Lord, not this. And then the last one, we were to put off and put on here this quarreling and jealousy. Oh, man, I don't know if any of you just fight a lot, argue a lot. It happens in churches. It happens at work. You, you see this all over the place. And what's common is that when someone's, like, attacking you, it is so natural to attack them back, yeah? When someone's going off on you, you're like, man, don't, I'm not going to stand here and take that. And you go off back on them. But rather than doing that, we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ And when someone attacks us, we can speak truth, we can speak in love, but we're not going to cut them down. We're not going to cuss at them. We're not going to go off on them. We're going to speak with a loving manner. I say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you to defend me, you to take care of me. So my brothers and sisters, I'm just trying to show you that I understand you have difficult people in your life. I know you're never the difficult one. I understand that, okay? But there are difficult people. I get that. I know. That's reality. It's for everybody. It's going to be like that tear with Jesus. That's just the way it's going to be. It's a sinful world. But we never get to the point and say, you know, I've loved you enough. I put 10 years in love on you. That is enough. No, no, no. Let this debt remain outstanding, right? We are to keep on loving one another because that's the way that God loves us. That song says again, your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God has so much affection for you? His love is just aimed and targeted right at you. His love is there for you. 
He didn't just die on the cross in his son, Jesus. It's an ongoing sacrificial love. You could still have a relationship with him. He's still there. Do you really believe that? If you do, that's good. Take his love and let that spill out of you. Let it spill onto others that are difficult to love. And keep on loving them, knowing that this, this love has this time limit where it's not going to be hard the rest of your days. We're going to be with him one day in glory. It's not going to be so hard. So who is the person that you're having difficulty loving? Who is it? Think about it. Who is that person? I'm going to end by giving you an extreme example uh, from this book, A Loving Life. And uh, so many times we, we make men always the bad examples, but I'm going to give you a good example here of a man who, a man who is doing it right in a very difficult uh, situation. Uh, the guy's name is Peter, all right? About 20 years ago, his wife had a nervous breakdown and fell into mild schizophrenia. And not long ago, she got an inheritance, and so she took her inheritance, and she left Peter, and she moved to Michigan. So this is what Peter does. Every six weeks, he drives to Michigan and shows up at her house, and he stays with her for the weekend. And she tells him, look, man, I don't consider us married anymore, even though they legally are. I don't consider us married anymore, and she hints at an affair. And while he's there with her, she is, she's just constantly going off on him. She's constantly criticizing him. And he's there. You know what he's doing? He's helping her fix up her house. He's serving her. And there have been people who've told Peter, they say, they say, Peter, man, biblically speaking, you don't have to be, you don't have to stay married to this woman. You can, you can bolt, man. You can get out of this. This is, this is crazy. And this is what Peter says. He says, when I said for better or for worse, that included mental illness and meanness. I've got to play out the hand that the Lord has given me. Now, I know maybe you're not up against something that, that extreme, but it's still difficult to keep on loving my brothers and sisters, that suffering you're feeling right now, it has a time limit. The Lord knows. The Lord cares. The Lord is with you. And maybe you just need to come here this morning and hear, look, hey, don't stop. Keep going. Do the follow-through thing. Love's not just a state. It's a journey. It's hard work. You never get to a point where you say, I'm done. I've loved you enough. Clothe yourself in Christ and let that love spill out of you from God onto others. And maybe it just helps for you to know that we're with you. And we're acknowledging, yes, it is hard. But we will be with you. We will encourage you. You will encourage us. And we'll keep going to the Lord on a daily basis. God, help us do this. Help us love like you love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the way that you have pursued us and our sin and our defiance and our moodiness 
and our criticism and our anger and our immorality and our drunkenness and our quarreling and our jealousy and you kept coming after us in Jesus and you saved us. And your love is ongoing. It is continual. And it never stops. It never gives up. Lord, I know with my brothers and sisters in here, there are difficult people in our lives to love. We have all had faces come to our minds today, circumstances that are unbearable that we don't even want to face again or deal with again. We'd rather just run away and take the exit. Lord, show us what it means to have an ongoing sacrificial love without an exit strategy that starts and keeps going until we finish and we're with you. Show us what it means to clothe ourselves in Jesus and let his life of love spill out over and over again. In Jesus' name, amen.